Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 59th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today I have a very fun hand for you from a $25,000 buying event, so a pretty high-stakes game. And this is from very early in the day. I believe we started with 50,000 chips in this tournament, and as you can see, I've already lost 10,000 of them, which, of course, is not where you want to be, but it does happen. And... um whenever you find yourself down some chips right at the start of the day, you definitely don't want to get upset or get frustrated or anything like that. You just have to continue playing your best and recognize that it'll be okay. Actually, I just played a 10,000 euro event where it was a, a high roller event where I got down from 50 to 40 very quick as well. And I ended up winning it all back within a few hands just from playing well. And that's really what you have to do. You have to make a point to stay sane and not lose your mind. So let's see if I can stay sane in this hand. As you can see, we have ace-jack of hearts from middle position. And I raised 800 at 200-400. If you're not watching this on jonathanlittlepoker.com, um, that will certainly help you keep track of stack sizes and whatnot. We have the full videos up there, whereas on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, I, I believe that there are only the audio versions. So if you're having a hard time following these, definitely check it out at my website, where I have a lot of um, educational blog content and Many more things. So check that out at jonathanlittlepoker.com. So anyway, I make it 800. A loose aggressive kid makes it 2600 in the cutoff seat. And I have a loose aggressive kid with a question mark behind his name because I don't really know he's a loose aggressive kid, but he seems to be loose aggressive enough. And you have to be very careful about quantifying your opponents early in the day, especially if you don't know them, because just because you think a guy is loose and aggressive because he's played maybe five out of the first 15 hands... That does not mean he actually is loose aggressive. It's really easy just to get a string of good cards. Or maybe he is making a point to splash around early so that he gets paid off in crazy spots later. So I think he's loose aggressive. I think he's active, but it's hard to know. And then a guy who I have labeled as splashy on the button decides to call 2600. So I don't really think too much about the loose aggressive kid's three betting range whenever he makes it 2600. I think he could have a, a wide polarized range. A polarized range is mostly good hands and then some weaker hands that aren't quite good enough to call. I imagine that's what he's going to be three-betting me with. And then the splashy guy, when he calls, that's something you don't see too often. Usually it's going to be a hand like ace-queen, ace-jack, pocket tens, pocket nines, pocket eights. But quite often you'll see players, even in very high-stakes tournaments, remember this is a $25,000 buy-in event, um, you'll see them call with stuff like eight-seven suited to try to flop a good hand and that's certainly not a great play but that is what you see some people doing so i don't think that the splashy guy has a hand like ace two offsuit or anything like that but i think he has a hand that he thinks has potential but it's not good enough to re-raise so the player in the small blind folds the big blind folds and i can either call how much more 1800 more or i can fold or i can re-raise and i decided to re-raise to 8800 I did this with the intention of folding if the loose aggressive kid went all in because I actually wanted the splashy guy to fold and I thought I could easily steal the pot pre-flop. And I also thought that if the initial loose aggressive kid folded, maybe the splashy guy would call and then he would play very fit or fold after the flop, which would be a great result for me. So the only thing I don't really want to happen is I don't want to get shoved on by the loose aggressive kid. But you have to realize that a lot of players early in tournaments are not trying to just blast their stack off. Of course, maybe I have a tilty image because, like I said, I did lose a few chips early, but I'm okay with this play. I, I also would not mind this with ace-jack offsuit. I think with ace-jack suited, calling is perfectly fine. And once you be become unsuited, you should be much more inclined to four-bet or fold. 
because then your hand has a lot less post-slot potential. But anyway, I make it 8,800. I think this is a sizing that should have a decent amount of fold equity. And we'll go from there. So the loose aggressive kid <laughs> then makes it 15,500. So I made it 88. He makes it 15,500, which is 7,000 and change more. <laughs> and at that point, I'm starting to think the loose aggressive kid is either completely bluffing or he has nearly the nuts. So what hands are nearly the nuts? Those are going to be hands like aces, kings, queens, and ace, king. And that's pretty much it. Um, so those are the nut hands. And then the bluffs could be a very wide range of bluffs. He could have ace high, king high, random pseudo connectors, who knows. And you have to recognize when you're in the situation, perhaps my image has induced this action. And if that's the case, I really don't think I want to be easily folding in this spot. So the splashy guy does fold. And we're heads up. And now I have to ask myself, do I want to call or do I want to shove? I'm not going to make it 7,000 more and then fold or call off either one. I think the play is either shove or fold. And early in these tournaments, I think I'm probably best off calling. Because if I shove, my opponent's going to play really well against me. But if I call and I'm completely crushed, I'm going to get off the hook on some flops. And if I have the best hand now, perhaps the pot just ends up getting checked down and I end up winning. Or maybe I make top pair and it's good. I, I'm, I'm pretty much resigning to the fact that I'm going to lose whenever I'm set up and I flop a good hand. Like, say it comes ace, nine, four, I'm just going to go broke um, if my opponent has ace, king, or ace, queen. And I, I want to make sure my opponent actually stays in this pot whenever he is bluffing because the hands that he's going to be bluffing with are going to be mostly ace highs and king highs, like ace, two, and king, five, and whatnot. And those hands are going to be in very bad shape against me. Of course, I will fold incorrectly after the flop sometimes, but... I'm not too sure the opponent's just going to shovel a stack in on various boards after the flop. So I decided to call. I'm not really in love with this spot, but getting amazing pot odds. I mean, remember, I have to put in 7,000 to win 15 plus 2 plus, call it 8. Uh, so I have to put in 7 to win 25. That's amazing pot odds. I just cannot pass that up. This is not typical preflop action. Oh, 6,700 more, not 7,700 more. My bad. Okay, so we get an ace of diamonds, ace of clubs, king of spades flop. A very good flop for me. Although, if you think about the range I just assigned my opponent for the nut hands and for the bluffs, the nut hands still beat me besides pocket queens, right? I lose to ace king. I lose to kings. I also lose to ace queen if he happens to have that, which I don't really think he's going to have. And I beat pocket queens, but pocket queens isn't going to give me much action. So this is a spot where I just need to check and hope my opponent bluffs with some of his weaker hands. Like if he's sitting here with 8-7, maybe he'll decide to bluff with it. The problem is if he has a lot of the king highs and the ace highs, if he's smart, he's just going to check. And for that reason, I'm going to have a tough time getting value from this hand. So anyway, it goes check, check on the flop. Turn is a queen of hearts, which is, if you think about this, it's actually a horrible card for me because... Now, pocket queens gets there. So I'm having a hard time actually finding any hands that I beat that my opponent would be value betting with before the flop. I mean, remember, this was a raise, three bet, call, four bet, five bet, pop preflop, right? I mean, you don't see too many five bets for just absolute nothing. <laughs> so I decided to check again on the turn. And I think I'm actually in check fold mode on the turn, as nitty as that sounds. I mean, my opponent has to think that I have something pretty good to four bet and call the five bet. So if he decides to bet here, 
I'm pretty sick. I think I'm I think I'm just supposed to fold. Sounds crazy, but there are spots like this where you really do just have to make snug folds. Of course, if my opponent's ever bluffing, then folding's out of the question. Notes the pot is 34,000. I have 24,000 left. Maybe if he bets, I'm just going to call it off, but I'd be really sick about it. So anyway, on the turn, it goes check, check. So now I'm... Well, let's think about this. Do you think... Do I think my opponent would, would check behind with pocket queens or pocket kings or ace king or ace queen on the turn? And given the stack to pot ratio, which I have 24,000 left and the pot's 34,000... My opponent's not really concerned with the concept of building a pot, right? The pot's already been built. His main concern here is how do I get the last two-third pot bed in to the pot? And I think the best way to do that is to actually check in his shoes. So if I was in his shoes with ace-king or pocket-kings or pocket-queens, I would have check-checked the flop. I would also check-check the turn because you're not really concerned with your opponent outdrawing you at that point because you have the nuts. Obviously, I have three outs in this scenario if my opponent has pocket-kings, but besides that, I'm just dead. (laughs) So... I guess I have four outs because we can get the, the other ace. I guess I can get a queen or a four too. So I have, I have a few outs, but whatever. You're not too concerned with protecting in this scenario if you do have a full house. And obviously ace-king's just the super nuts. So I think my opponent should check the flop and check the turn with a nut hand. So I don't think I can accurately narrow his range at all when he checks behind on the flop and the turn because I do think that he should be checking behind with the premium hands so it's kind of interesting right if he actually did bet the flop maybe i'm just supposed to call it off no problem or if he bets the turn maybe i'm supposed to call it off no problem because like i said if he's going to be checking or if he should be checking with the nuts then it makes makes his betting range pretty bluff heavy if he if i think he should be checking with the nuts that being said just because i think someone should do a particular play does not mean that that is what they will actually do that's a, a very important poker concept you have to get into your opponent's minds and figure out what they are going to do not what you would do in their spot because it's not you playing in their spot. It's them playing in their spot. So anyway, river's four of diamonds. So now I have to ask myself, can I value bet this on the river? I think the answer is pretty clearly no. Um, if I bet, my opponent's probably not going to call the king. He's He'll call with an ace, but if he has an ace, he'll probably bet himself once it goes check, 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 check. And he's not going to call with a, a random queen like queen 10 offsuit either. So I think this is a spot where I have to check. I don't think there's a ton of value to be had. Maybe I could bet something like 3,600 into the 34,000 pot. So a very small bet. I think that'd be a pretty sweet play that may induce my opponent to lose his mind. Um, but if I bet 3,400, I I have the plan of calling a shove because I, I feel like a small bet will induce a loose, aggressive kid to make a bluff. So I think that could be a pretty sweet play. And I, <laughs> I guess I'm check calling on this river, but I would be very unhappy about that. I do think that some people will just summon the courage to bluff with their... 10-9 offsuit or whatever, but I really do hate this spot. I think this could very easily be a check fold on any street, given what you think about your opponent, but whenever you only have two-thirds of a pot size bet left and you make three of a kind on the flop, you're usually not trying to fold. So whoever goes check, and he checks, and I win. When it goes check, check, of course I win. So that was a pretty interesting spot where I'm kind of surprised my opponent did not try to bluff at any point. Although maybe he thinks my four betting range is all very strong hands or ace-x. And if that's the case, then trying to bluff me would not be a good idea because my very strong hands have the nuts and my ace-x have trips. So that's a reasonable reasonable idea to not try to bluff me in that spot. So I hope you enjoyed this hand. Make sure you go back and listen and watch all of the 
hand from the archives. This is, I believe, the 59th episode, so we have a lot of hands uploaded. If you enjoy this podcast, it would be very helpful for me if you go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, assuming it's not on my personal site, and leave a review. That would be very helpful to me. It would boost my uh, podcast in the rankings. More people would listen to it, and that would make this more beneficial for me. So if you like it, pay me back a little bit by leaving a review and thank you very much for that ahead of time. I will talk to you next week. I'll see you then.